This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 9th, 2022. Small part, big impact, true friends. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Thank you for the, uh, what you all just did. That was beautiful. So good morning and all our locations, wherever you might be out there in Cyberland and everybody right here in the sanctuary this morning. So good to be with you this morning. Today we continue our series, Small, Small Part, Big Impact. This morning we're going to focus on Aaron and her and how they made a big impact uh, holding up the hands of Moses. Oh boy, I can't even preach now. <laughs> good morning, everybody. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, I am overwhelmed. And it's by your love and your care of these people who have, in fact, modeled exactly what we're going to share today. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Thank you for the chance to lead your people. And it's in complete humility that we do so. You are good. Help us right now um, remove any distraction. Help me get it together so that uh, we can just roll with your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We're going to start right out with scripture. And it is found in Exodus chapter 17, verses 8 and 9. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So we have the Israelites. They're also known as the Hebrews. They were promised to Abraham. They were delivered to Jacob, who was also known as Israel. He got a new name. Twelve sons, twelve tribes. Enslaved 400 years under Pharaoh in Egypt. Set free and now wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Although this is the first time the Israelites are attacked since leaving Egypt, it certainly is not their first challenge. When they first left, they were challenged by Pharaoh and his army of chariots closing in while the Israelites were backed up against the Red Sea. The people wondered why they had left Egypt, only to die in the desert. Exodus 14, verses 13 and 14. Some of you who know me well know that this is one of my favorite passages. I say this about one everything. One of her 500 favorite passages. <laughs> but it is. This is number it 49 is. out of 500. <laughs> this is another one on my wall. <laughs> Moses, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Okay, say the favorite, best scripture on the Bible with me right now. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. 
<laughs> and the Lord did fight for them. As Moses raised his staff and stretched out his hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites could go across the sea on dry land. And after they passed, the Lord returned to the sea to where it had been, overtaking the Pharaoh's chariots and his men. Mm. Not long after the, uh, the Israelites were challenged there in the desert as they cried out in hunger for some food to eat. Exodus 16.3, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Well, the Lord came to their rescue as that evening there was quail that came uh, upon the camp, and the next morning manna was covering uh, the desert. Manna is a bread-like substance, and it means, what is it in Hebrew? Because they woke up and it's like, what is it? And they got to eat it, like for 40 years. What, <laughs> what is, is it? it? <laughs> they had just enough that they needed for the next 40 years on the evening before the Sabbath, they were asked to gather a double portion so that they had enough. Because remember, they weren't permitted to work um, on the Sabbath. Mm. And so the Israelites were also challenged in the desert when there was no water to drink. And they quarreled with Moses to, to give them some water. And he, he wondered why. Why did they put God to the test? And they continued to grumble, and then Moses cried out to the Lord, asking what he was supposed to do with these people. <laughs> and the Lord told Moses to strike the rock at Horeb with his staff, and that water would come out for all the people to drink, and it did. And so over and over and over again, we see God taking care of God's people. He gave them an escape when there appeared to be no escape. He gave them quail and manna every day, just what they needed, no more, no less, for 40 years as they wandered in the desert. He gave them water, the essence of life, to quench their thirst. God never, ever let them down. Last week, we sang a song, Jehovah Jireh, that means my provider. He is our Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. He was then in Israel and continues to be the same God today. God is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. The character of God, the love of God, never, ever changes. He continues to provide for us when we are hungry when we are thirsty, he continues to provide a, an escape for us when there appears to be no escape. So back to today's story. The Israelites have been challenged ever since leaving Egypt, but they haven't been attacked. Not until now. Their attackers are the Amalekites. Say Amalekites. There you go, because... 
They're a nomadic tribe of people, which means they move around, uh, uh, who will challenge the Israelites several more times, uh, both before and after reaching the promised land. Uh, and we aren't told why they attack. Perhaps even though they are nomadic, they consider this to be their land and, and the Israelites to be overstepping some sort of boundary. Perhaps they, they want what isn't theirs. <laughs> or perhaps they're just a violent people attack, attacking others wherever and whenever they can. We aren't told why. All we know is the Amalekites attack the Israelites at Rephidim. And so Moses tells Joshua to go out and choose some men to go out and fight the Amalekites. Moses will stand at the top of a hill with the staff of God in his hands. We're reminded again of Moses um, with the staff in hand, parting the Red Sea, holding out his hand all through the night as the Lord drove back the sea so that the Israelites could cross through. But in that case, Moses was alone, but not here. Moses is not alone, not in the case of the Amalekites. In this case, Moses went to the top of the hill. He took with him his brother Aaron, who was the chief priest, and he also took a guy named Hur. We don't know much about Hur at all. Small part, big impact. But apparently, her, along with his brother Aaron, was someone who Moses trusted very much. Exodus 17, 10 through 13, New International Version. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered. And, and Moses, Aaron, and her went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, he, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat down on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. What a great visual. What a great story. So I want to do a little experiment here. While I'm talking, uh, put your arms up. Okay? Just keep them up. When Moses held his hands up, they were winning. When his hands were down, don't put them down. When his hands were down, the Amalekites were winning. The trouble was Moses got tired. Now, as our arms are up right now, think about them being up, not for one minute or two minutes or two hours, but all day. Keep them up. Mm, Don't put sunset. them down <laughs> till sunset. So again, when he dropped his hands, they started losing. And so it was up to Aaron and her to keep his hands up, to keep his arms from dropping, to support him when he got tired. And it was up to them to give Joshua what he needed to support or to give it, to undergird him, Moses, I mean. And they did that. They did that all the way to sunset. And the Israelite Israelites, that army won. We call that friends. We call, yeah, you're already holding them up, aren't you? 
Yeah. You know, we've only been doing this for, what, 30 seconds, 45 seconds? It gets a little tiring, doesn't it? You can go ahead and put your arms down. Think about doing that from sunup to sundown. Moses needed his friends. And his friends, in the big scheme of things, they had a small part, but they had a big impact. True friends. So many of us, and I'll say especially the guys, like to think that we can take care of things ourselves. Do any of you guys, any of the guys here? Say, yeah, you're not going to say it, but we know. You know, we don't need any help. We can do it all on our own. And much of the time, maybe most of the time, we, we might be right. We don't need help with every little thing. But here's the thing, sooner or later, every single one of us needs the help of somebody else. Every single one of us. Uh, every one of us gets tired. We, we need to sit down. And we need to have somebody like an Aaron, like a her. That's H-U-R, by the way, her. Uh, and maybe both. We need them to hold up our arms. Uh, we, we need them to, to help keep us from falling. Sooner or later, we all need that kind of support. Last week, we shared some of the story about starting this church, and we talked about giving loaves and fishes and watching God feed 5,000 with a meager, with those meager offerings. And what we didn't talk about was the Aaron and hers in this congregation. The individuals that, and I'm talking about when we started the church in that first year or so, who were always there, always there, propping us up when we got tired. It was, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. When we got weary, when we got lonely, if we wondered if we had what it took to lead this congregation, to lead them to the promised land. This is kind of what we called it. At, well, anyway, whatever it was, whatever it will be, we didn't know, but there were so many Aaron and hers in this congregation. It's a little risky to, um, to name a name, but some of you know, but many of you might not know, there was a couple named Mike and Barbara Tina. Mike and Barb at the time, out of the 14 families, was the only retired couple. The rest were young families raising kids, very, very busy. And I've often said without them, we couldn't have opened the church because they spent full-time days getting things ready. And they had time, yeah. And they gave of themselves and they walked with us and others on the team. And they were encouraging and they were supporting and we didn't always see eye to eye and sometimes things were, were hard, but in the end we were always focused on the same mission and they came alongside of us and held us up. Mike is with Jesus and uh, Barb has relocated to Pennsylvania and oftentimes it was something small 
but it had a big impact. I remember when we were in between Green Street and here, and we, we were kind of a homeless church, and we worshiped in the Everett Theater for a while, and we didn't have a, a home base, and so every Wednesday, Barb fixed breakfast for the staff, and we met every Wednesday so that we could continue on with relationship. Small part, big impact, true friends. Mm. Yeah, I can think of many, many people along the way, but I especially uh, think of Murray Drummond. Murray's always been there when we've needed him, always. I, I can't remember a time when I asked Murray, Murray for something and he didn't deliver. In fact, in the early days of the church when you know, things were a little tight and, uh, and we weren't uh, as many people to get things done, we sometimes wondered if we were doing things right. Murray would always assure me, I've got your back. I'm here for you. In fact, I remembered him saying, you know, I'll hold your arms up like Moses. He said that exact thing. Let me tell you, when you've got somebody coming beside you like that, ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no valley low enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep you from getting done whatever it needs to be done. True friend. Thanks, Murray and the Drummond family. We could say that about so many of you. And it's so, um, this morning with what you've done through the SPRT, it's just a reminder that we, we could not do, this isn't us, this is all of us. This isn't us, but it's all of us together as we hold one another up. That's what it's about. And um, the important thing for us to do as a congregation is to be there for one another. And we'll talk about that in a few moments. But we want to talk about what friendship looks like. In the Bible, we see in Proverbs um, 17, 17, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. And then Proverbs uh, eighteen twenty four, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So friends, true friends, those closest to us, those uh, who we can turn to in our greatest hour of need, those who they will be there no matter what, no matter when. As, as Leonard Sweet shares in his book, 11 Indispensable Relationships You Can't Be Without, a true friend believes in you when no one else does. They're loyal even when it's difficult to be loyal. The first to call in good times and even in bad. They, they give and give and want no payment in return. They walk with you all seasons, summer and winter and those in between. <laughs> They've seen you at your worst <laughs> and they love you anyway. They keep you in check uh, when you want what you can't have. 
They grant you grace when you take them for granted. They sacrifice themselves for you, knowing that the more your song rises, the more their song fades. True friends often playing a small part, but having a big impact. John 15, 12 through 13, we read, My command is this, Jesus says, Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. What a friend we have in Jesus. <clears throat> if I had a voice today, I would sing that, but I don't. <laughs> what a friend who laid his life down for us, paying the price that we couldn't. We don't earn that friendship. We don't deserve it. It is a gift, pure and simple. And all we can say is thank you, Jesus, for loving us that much, for going the distance that much, for having our back that much, for holding our arms up that much by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for offering us salvation, for saving our souls, for never leaving us in a place of utter and total, total despair, but coming in, swooping in, You've always been there, Lord, but being there so that we know that we are never, ever alone. Nothing can separate us from your great love. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Friends, true friends, um, who is it in your life that is your Aaron, your her? Who is that person that you can count on, depend on, rely on to be there no matter what? Who is it that you're a second self? <laughs> Who is it that true friend? And, and here's the thing, have, have you ever thanked them? Do they realize how important they are to you? It's important to let them know. And then on the other hand, who is it that can call you a true friend? Giving, receiving, who calls you, who looks to you? When there's no one else, who is, who can you be that, you know, your person? Who's, who is that? Who are you for them? I don't know what I'm saying. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if you we get it, put need, your you hand got up me. if you get it. Thank you. <laughs> you got, we need to be that for each other. Can people depend on you to be that for them? Who is it? Um, that needs a call. Who is it that needs to be propped up? Who do you need to be Aaron and her to? This is such good news that we have to share with one another, to be authentic in our friendships, to have each other's backs, and to love one another unconditionally while at the same time being accountable in love to one another. Connection Church, we are one another's hands and feet. We are one another's voice and ears. True friendship. Be a friend and let your friends speak into your lives, people who you trust. And they, we can be representatives of who Jesus is to one another. Small part, Big impact. 
That's the good news of the gospel. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's do it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, thank you for the opportunity to speak about this story in Exodus of Moses and the way that Aaron and her came alongside of him and hold his, held his arms up and the way that um, you use them, small part, big impact. Lord, we know in our lives that we have all these mountaintop times, but we also have valleys that can be so deep and so dark and so hard and so challenging. And we know that, Lord, you are with us during all of those times. And we are never meant to be alone because you are with us all the time. But you also give us each other. And you do it again, over and over and over again. Thank you for the opportunity to worship this morning, to glorify your name, to reach out in care and concern to one another, to smile at one another, to be an encouragement. Thank you, Lord, for our mission to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. Thank you for those here in this congregation and online who just showed up today. We honor you. We bless you. And we pray all this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.